Hey friends, welcome to the City Hope Podcast. My name is Bobby Thompson and I have the privilege of serving as a lead pastor. I pray that today's message would inspire you, it would encourage you, and it would also challenge you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy today's sermon. Amen. Can we thank our worship team for leading us so well this morning? Come on now. Brad and Bob, y'all are pretty good, but dang, Maya, great job. Ooh, sheesh, that's good stuff. Um, thank you for being here this morning. Uh, my name's Bobby. If I haven't got to meet you yet, I would love an opportunity. We're just grateful that, uh, that you're here today. Our teams work really hard to make this church feel like your church. And uh, we try really hard and make this not feel like a cafeteria, uh, but it is what it is, right? And uh, we're here to, uh, to serve the Lord, to worship the Lord. And so today we're going to go into part two of our series called Walls Into Windows. And I got a text this week, so I want to make something very clear for all you young people. Don't get it confused with from the window to the wall, all right? That's not what we're doing, all right? Some of you ask your grandkids to explain that later, Okay. But this series is all about relationships. It's all about relationships because I believe that the the most important thing in our lifetime is relationships. If I were to ask any of you to give me some of the top things in your life, most of you would rank healthy relationships really high on that list. Probably all of us, except for, you know, knowing Christ and having eternal life with him. Healthy relationships are what's going to make life enjoyable and hopeful and peaceful. Those are the things that matters more than anybody else. And you think about it with me for a second. If your health isn't the best, but you have great relationships in your life, it's a lot easier to bear. You can enjoy life. You can make a pile of money and you can be rich from the world's standards, but if your relationships are broken and shallow, then your life will be empty. We see that often. A poor man with a loving family is far greater, far richer than a rich man who is poor relationally. And, you know, we can think about all the different reasons why relationships are great from a human perspective, but the Bible says that this is the most important. The Bible ranks healthy relationships as number one. There were some religious people talking to Jesus, and Jesus told him this. Most of you probably are familiar with this passage. Teacher, which commandment is the greatest in all the law? He said to them, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important commandment. So number one, most important thing in your life and in my life is a loving, healthy, you know, vibrant relationship with God. It's a relationship. But then he says the second thing is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. So a loving relationship with God is of utmost importance, but loving relationships in this world is second. And the Bible is all about these two important relationships. So last week, we started this series and we talked about humility. And I saw a lot of elbows going into ribs last week like this when I, when I was having the sermon and I got home and my wife said, Man, I wish you were sitting next to me during that sermon. So I, I don't know if I, if I, I took that. But if if um, if you haven't heard it, if you weren't here last week, go go online and listen to that. Uh, I believe it, it it'll help you. It'll push you into becoming the the type of person and having the type of relationships that God wants. Because having a humble spirit is 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 vital. Is very important. It's a constant theme throughout the Bible. But the the attribute, if you will, today that I want to talk about is one that we don't talk a lot about in our world, and we probably don't have many conversations about it. But today, what I want to talk to you about is honor. 
is honor. How do we bring honor into our relationships? Some of you right now have some relationships that you know there's a wall there. You're bumping up against it. You're not, you're not connecting. You're not jiving. You're not vibing. And, and there's just a wall. And, and honor, I believe, can turn those wind walls into windows. You're stuck behind it, and I believe honor coming into your relationship can really, really turn into a connection that maybe has not been there for a really long time. Now, when we say honor, let me just help you with, with what I mean by honor today. And, and honor is something that uh, we value. We hold in high esteem. We, we treat it as precious. Dishonor, obviously, is the opposite of honor. And when we dishonor, we, we tear down. We treat it as common, we, we belittle, we criticize, we devalue something. And so today we're gonna talk about how can I bring honor into my relationships? Now, all of us in here are different, right? Some of us are, are good at something, some of us are, are, are better, uh, some of us are good singers, some of us are not, right? And that's okay. But we're all different, but the reality is we all have some really similar things in us. God has put in us, all of us, a heart that has desires. And, and for the most part, you can, you can dig into this and study this, for the most part, all of us have about seven desires in our heart. And one of the things that I know all of us have is we have this internal desire to be respected, to be honored. And when we don't get that, when we don't feel that in our lives, what do we do? We work to either tear down the, the spouse or the individual who's not giving us the honor, who isn't giving us the respect. And why do we do this? Because it's, it's kind of like our desperate attempt to convince ourselves that that your lack of honor is meaningless, right? And so we tear down, we push away, we, we disrespect, we dishonor so that we can feel better about ourselves. And see, God has a solution that I believe that if, if Christians, if God's people will take a hold of this, it can revolutionize your relationships. Those relationships that are broken that may seem like, okay, there's no turning back. I think God can revolutionize those relationships. And I'm gonna give you the answer now and then we're gonna talk about it. While most people fight to receive honor, God calls us Christians to focus on giving honor. While most people focus on how do I receive it and I wanna make sure I get it and you better respect me and you better honor me because you gotta do this. While most people fight to receive honor, God calls us, his children, to focus on giving honor. Now, one of the things that, that I wanna be as a, as a pastor, I wanna be practical. I want you to be able to take stuff out of here and use it Monday through Saturday. Uh, I, want, I want you to be able to walk out of here and, and, and go dig in a little bit more to God's word and say, okay, here's, here's what Pastor Bobby said, but let me, let me you know, feed myself a little bit. I don't wanna just use that as an appetizer. But I wanna also give you tough love. I wanna give you truth. I wanna speak truth into your heart. And, and one of the tough truths that we need to understand about this today is that the failure to show honor is really more about me than it is about you. The failure for me to show honor to you is more telling about the person that's not giving the honor. Because we wanna think, oh, they don't deserve it, but it's really because I'm not spiritually enough, spiritually mature enough to give it. And we're gonna unpack that. And we're gonna see what, how the Bible you know, really tells us that, but my lack of honor is oftentimes the thing that puts walls in my relationships. My lack of honor, the, 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 the places where God wants to place a window, my lack of honor can very easily put up a wall. So we're gonna look at two places today in God's word that we see 
this happening. So if you have your Bible, go to Mark chapter 6, whether you got a a copy of it on your phone, iPad, whatever it is. If not, we'll have it here on the screen. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet with me in honor of the reading of God's word together. We'll read Mark chapter 6. Just read six verses here real quick, and we'll, we'll see what God's word says about honor. Verse number one, Jesus left there, went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's the wisdom that he's been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? They're asking all these great questions like, who is this guy? This is amazing. And then watch the tone kind of shift. Wait a minute. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? The tone now shifts. The Bible says, the end of verse three, and they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown, among his relatives and in his own home. Verse five, he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Would you pray with me? Father, bless the reading of your word. Use it to speak truth into our hearts. I pray that today we would all be on a mission to to have honor in our culture, to have honor in our homes and in our conversations, Lord. Let this be an attribute that City Hope Church is full of as we walk out of here this week. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So Jesus is teaching, he's having this great conversation, he's telling these people, they're amazed at what he's saying, but then he gives this, he gives this saying, a prophet will get honor everywhere he goes, except by the people who know him the best. Now let's think about that in my life, in your life, the relationships that are closest to you, they they reveal themselves over time, right? We learn more and more about people. The longer we're with someone, the longer we're around someone, their weaknesses become more familiar to us. We understand where they're good. We understand where they're not. And what really happens is it becomes harder to honor someone the more you know them. I know what kind of person you really are when the lights are off, when when no one's looking. I know who you really are, and it becomes harder to give honor. So here in Jesus' hometown, I mean, he's one of the boys, right? These are his people. And they're amazed at his teaching and like, Where did you learn all this? This is so good. I mean, you're doing miracles. How did you get to do all this? And then that that change happened. They're saying, wait a minute. We know this guy. We know him pretty well. Isn't this just the carpenter? There's nothing special about this guy. I mean, he made our kitchen table, right? Like, who is this guy? We know his mama and them. We, we, We know all about this guy. How can he stand up here and tell us all this stuff? He's not better than we are. And the Bible says they took offense because they thought he was up there trying to act like he was better than all them. Now, let's think about our culture for a minute. We live in, uh, I, I I even hate the phrase, we live in a cancel culture, don't we? We see people all the time. If you disagree with someone, boom, you're canceled. If you have an argument, if you think something different than the way the world thinks it should be, man, we're gonna cut you off. We're not gonna let you have a platform anymore. But I want you to see this because I think this is so important. All these people, they were, they were amazed at Jesus. They were amazed at what he's saying. Then they, they took a step back and they're, wait, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. This is just Jesus. We know him. 
We know this guy. There's nothing special about him. And then look at verse five, because I think this is the most powerful part of this whole scripture. The Bible says, he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. So see this today, church, a lack of honor and a lack of faith limited what Jesus could do in their lives. Their lack of honor limited the fact that Jesus was there to help them. He was there to to help them have relationships. He was there to put windows where walls were. But the Bible says their lack of faith and their lack of honor would not allow him to do any miracles there. And so here's my question to you this week that I wanna, I wanna uh, 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 get you to, to chew on this week and ask God to reveal what blessings, what prayers, what miracles did God wanna do for you, but you lacked honor, so he didn't do it. What is it in my life that God wanted to do, but I didn't honor him? I didn't, I didn't hold up to my end of the bargain. I didn't respect him. I didn't value him and hold him in high esteem. As a matter of fact, I dishonored him because I belittled the fact that I, I, we need to go to church. I belittled the fact that I need to spend time with him. I, I didn't really honor God. What did I miss out on? Jesus came to be a window for them in his own hometown. He could not do any miracles because they failed to show honor. And so what I want you to see, the failure to show honor really shows more about the people than it does about Jesus. Just like in your life and my life, it shows that if I'm not giving honor, it's very likely because I'm not spiritually mature enough to give the honor. Not only do we see that in the story of Jesus, another one that we can relate to, and I'm going to go kind of quick here, um, is the apostle Paul. So if you don't know who Paul was, Paul was this guy who, who uh, didn't grow up in church, didn't grow up in the Christian home, didn't grow up loving Jesus, right? He grew up, as a matter of fact, the opposite of that. He was, he was persecuting Christians and he wasn't doing good things and then God got a hold of his heart. And then Paul becomes this great man of God and he wrote half of the New Testament or, or, or a lot of the New Testament. And, and he begins to, to talk to people and help plant churches and do great things. But one of the cool things about Paul is he traveled around to different churches and he, and he met with people. And he learned who they were and he learned who they, how they acted. And in the, in the book of Corinthians, Paul is writing to a church. And, and here's, the, here's the really, really, really cool thing about this. Paul knew that this church was full of sinful people. He knew that they were quarrelsome. He knew that, that, that they were worldly infants. The, the Bible says they were unlearned people. They were arrogant. They, they were, this church was full of uh, um, men sleeping with other men's wives and men sleeping with their father's wives and greedy men suing each other and childish thinkers. He knew the real them, right? He, he, it wasn't fake. He knew who they really, really were. But I want you to see this. Even though Paul knew who they really were, he still honored them. First Corinthians Chapter one, verse four, look at it on the screen. It says, I always thank my God for you. I always thank my, he knew them well enough to know their faults and their struggles and all the things that they did that nobody was looking and they they would be embarrassed if everybody knew, but he continued to pray for them and he continued to be thankful for them and he continued to honor them. And I know, but some of you are thinking, well, man, Bobby, you just don't know what they've done. They don't deserve any honor. How in the world can I give honor? How in the world can I give respect, man? I want you to see the second part of this verse. How was Paul able to do this? He knew who they really were. Look what it says. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. Because of his grace 
empty in Christ Jesus. You see, there's a lot of people that don't deserve honor, that don't deserve grace, but how are we able to give it? Because of the grace that we've You see, Paul, he calls himself the, the chief sinner. He, he said, I'm the worst of the worst. And if God can give me the grace, then who am I not to give it back? This week, God hit me pretty hard when I, I read this uh, uh, quote from uh, C.J. Mahaney. It says this, we can be thankful for our fellow sinners when we spend more time looking for evidence of grace than we do finding fault. We can be thankful for our fellow sinners when we spend more time looking for evidences of grace than we do finding fault. How much time do I spend finding fault? If my wife is, is more, aware, more aware of how she falls short in my eyes than she is of how I'm watching God work in her life, then I'm, I'm not a very good husband. If, if my kids are more aware of the negative and, 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 and the, the struggle and the, the, the bad and the sin, if they're more aware of all of the, the, the shortcomings in their life than, than I'm aware of God working in their life and his grace and his goodness coming into their life, then I'm not honoring. As a matter of fact, I'm dishonoring. Giving honor. Is, a, is an act of maturity birthed out of a profound understanding of God's grace. Giving honor is not, well, if they deserve it, then I'll give it. Giving honor is because I understand how good God's grace is for me. And what does giving honor do? It brings light into people's life. It lifts people up. Honor causes everything around you to elevate and it attracts the blessing of God. It attracts God coming into your life and doing amazing things. But if that's going to happen, we have to be a people that intentionally honor and practice honor. As we talked about earlier, if we want to restore and honor in our culture, then it has to start with us. I, I, I would love, I mean, think about it for a second. What if, what if the world, what if the world functioned with honor? What if, what if City Hope Church, if we all came together and say, you know what, we're gonna bring honor into our community. How do we do that? Well, it starts in our, 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 our living room. It starts in our kitchen. It starts on our car rides. It starts with our conversation. It starts in our home. If we wanna see honor become something that is restored in this culture. See, Jesus went to his hometown and he could not do the mighty works. He could not do the mighty miracles because they didn't have any honor. And here's what that does. Here's what dishonor does. Dishonor shuts down what God puts in people. Dishonor shuts down what God puts in people. And so just for, just for a few moments here, I wanna talk about just a few things. Who should I honor then, Pastor Bobby? Who, who are the people in my life that I, that I really need to focus on honoring? What are the things that God's word says that we need to honor? Now, God's word says several things, and I, I'm not going to go over all of them, but I just picked out a few this morning that I want to share with you that I think are vital for you and I. If we're going to, if we're going to tear down some walls, and we're going to make windows, and we're going to, we're going to bring honor back into our culture, it starts in these places. Number one, these aren't in it necessarily in any particular order. Number one is we got to honor God. We honor God. That's, that's pretty obvious. We're here at church, and, 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 and we do that thing, but 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17, now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, 
be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. We need to make sure that our home is a home that is honoring to God. Everything that we have is because of him. It all comes from God. So, so with my time, with, with my wealth, with my stuff, with my life, we are gonna honor God in everything that we do. The Bible talks about honoring God, not only with your, with your possessions, but it talks about honoring God with your body. Honor God with our body. What does that look like? My body, I'm gonna live different than the rest of the world lives. I'm gonna honor God with my body. It talks about honoring God with our worship. Why do we come to church? Not just so we can get together for an hour and, 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 and clap and, and, and you know, shake hands. We come together so we honor God with our worship. Why do we sing songs? Why do we open up God's word? Because we're giving God the honor. We're saying, God, we're here for you. You are the audience. It's all about you. So the Bible tells us to honor God is your honor of God in its right place in your home. Number two, probably the, a familiar one that most of us know, honor your parents. Ephesians chapter two, verse six, or chapter six, verse two, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Honor your father and the mother. Now, as if, if, if you're a parent here this morning, we usually immediately go to our kids, right? And we'll talk about that here in a second because it, it, if we need to teach our kids honor, and absolutely. But if your parents are still alive, how well am I honoring my parents in my 40s, in my 50s, in my 60s, however old you are? How well am I honoring my parents? And so I started to think about, well, how can I honor my parents? Because there's a lot of distance. We don't talk a lot. We don't talk all the time. And, and here's some things that I believe that you can do, practical things that you and I can do to honor our parents. Number one, show them gratitude. Show them gratitude. Be thankful for what they've done. Maybe, maybe they haven't been the best parent. I'm with you. I, I understand, okay? But show them gratitude. Number one, treat them with great, or number two, treat them with great respect. Treat them with great respect. Number three, ask for their wisdom or advice. I wanna honor my parents. Just ask for some wisdom. Ask for some advice. Let them in on the conversation. Next, pray for them and pray with them. Pray for them and pray with them. This one hit me because I, we, we live 12 hours away and, and we're not close. And I pray for my parents often, but how often do I pray with my parents? How often do we pray with our children? Next, encourage them, be an encouragement to them. Finally, forgive them. Just some practical, practical ways that, that we can uh, live out what God calls us to do. Honor your father and your mother. Now, let's talk about our kids for a second because Yes, this is a, a huge thing. This is one of the uh, uh, you know, 10 commandments that God gives us. And if you want your children to have honor outside of the home, then guess what? You need to teach them how to have honor inside of the home. One of the things, and, and some of you might do this, some of you may think we're mean, legalistic parents, but one of the things that we started when our kids started talking is you're, you're going to respond with yes, sir, and no, sir. You're going to respond to your elders, to people with no, ma'am, or, or yes, ma'am. And even to this day, if, if, if one of us are talking or if we hear them talking to someone and they ask him a question and they're like, nah, I'm like, excuse me? Uh, no, ma'am. You know, like, it's, just, it's just honoring. It's giving them a, a, a practical, a, you know, applicable understanding of what it means to honor people. Which leads right into the next one that the Bible tells us to do is honor our leaders in authority. Honor our leaders in authority. It's gonna get real quiet in here. Romans 13, one, the Bible says this, let everyone submit to the governing authorities. 
since there's no authority except from God and the authorities that exist are instituted by God. Now, 2024, later on this year, we're gonna hear some crazy stuff. We're gonna be tired of ads. We're gonna be tired of speeches and radios and accusations. I mean, we're already tired of it, right? But let me say this. We're gonna go here for a second. Well, we're not really gonna go here, but we're gonna go here. You can disagree without dishonoring. You can disagree without dishonoring. You've been around long enough. You've had leaders that you agree with and you've had leaders that you disagree with. You have people that you voted for that, yeah, let's go, you're doing good. You have people that you didn't vote for. And, 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 and let me just say this, pray for the people who you voted for and pray for the people who you didn't. How can I do that? What, I, mean, I mean, really, well, well, I want you to think about this, David. David was a, uh, was a young king God uh, uh, sent and, and told him he was gonna be the king. And as he was growing, getting ready to take his turn, Saul was the king. And listen to me, Saul tried to kill David. Saul did not want David to be the next king. Saul tried to have him murdered. And guess what David did? David still honored Saul. David still, he still prayed for Saul and he still honored him because that was his authority at the time. Now, I've never had any political leaders try to come kill me, but, but I, I, can, I can relate with David in this way, that I can still pray for the people that I disagree with because God's word tells me that there that there's, should be honor amongst Christians to our leaders in authority. Next, next thing that I see that, that God tells us to honor is pastors and elders. First Timothy chapter five, verse 17, the elders who are good leaders, listen to this, are to be considered worthy of double honor especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. We're instructed to give double honor to our spiritual leaders. Now, now, obviously this is awkward and I'm not trying to make it all about me, but I do wanna park here for a second, okay? Because I believe this is really important. There's a lot of you every single week that there are people, there are spiritual leaders that invest into your kid's life every Sunday. You need to honor them. There are, there are leaders there are pastors that pour into your students weekly that you need to honor them. There are small group leaders that you go to small group with. There's Bible study leaders that are striving to be great spiritual leaders in your life. And the Bible says they're worthy of double honor. When's the last time you honored somebody that's investing into your family? God tells us to honor, double honor those pastors and elders. Next, and this is one that, probably a lot of us can, can have some work on is our spouse. The Bible says to honor our spouse. Ephesians chapter five, verse 33. To sum up, each one of you is to love his wife as himself and the wife is to respect her husband. So in marriage, this is tough because let's go back to the beginning. They all knew who Jesus was. They knew his family. They knew he grew up. They knew if he was a good carpenter or not. They knew all the, all the, the they, Paul knew all the stuff about the church members. He knew their sin. He knew their struggle. You and I who are married in this room, we know each other's dark places. We know each other's struggles. We know each other's weaknesses. So how do we do this? We have to recognize the beauty and the worth of our relationship with our spouse. And then in doing, doing that, we, we, we recognize and we appreciate uh, the, the great things that they offer. 
Instead, what do we do? We focus on the weakness. We focus on the struggle instead of honoring and recognizing the good attributes that we appreciate. The Bible says this, Matthew chapter six, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And we use that as, a, as kind of a money verse, right? But I think what this is, is, is also talking about, this verse suggests that honor is primarily a matter of the heart. Where my treasure is, my heart is. The things that have my heart are the things that I'm going to honor. Choose to honor your spouse both inside and outside of the house. Do for them what you want done for you instead of just focusing on those negative places and the areas which they don't deserve honor. Choose to honor the spouse. The last one that I wanna share with you today. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17, the Bible says this. Honor everyone. Love the brothers and sisters. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Honor all people. Now let's just park here for a second. Honor all people? Not just the good people, not just the deserving people, the, the, the powerful people, the important people, the influential people, people can you know, give you something back and help you in some way. The Bible says honor all people. In other words, even those that are broken and busted and can't do anything for my life, as a matter of fact, I disagree with everything that they stand for. Honor, honor them. Can you just step back with me for a second and imagine a world where honor reigned? Imagine a world where where at your job, honor reigned. Imagine a world where, where the government honor reigned. In a church where honor was a big deal, that there was a culture of honor. Imagine a family, a household that honor was a big deal. All of us in here would be like, yeah, sign me up for that. The Bible talks a lot about being and giving honor. It's just not something we talk about a lot today in our lives, but the reality is if we stop and look, it's something that we either practice or don't practice a lot. And there's obviously a human side to all of us. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. And and let me just say this. You're probably right. You're probably right. They don't deserve it. But here's what I want to leave you with today. Respect is earned. Honor is given. Respect is earned. Honor is given. I can disagree, but still honor I can know your deepest, darkest weaknesses, secrets, sins, and still honor. In our relationships that you're looking at today and you see walls, if you're at a place in your life where you're ready for God to start working and turn that wall into a window, start with honor. Start with honor back to last week starts with humility if I'm going to honor but I think these are two areas these are two attributes if you want to see a a healthy God-centered family you want to see real relationships in your life not just you know acquaintances high five people that you see you want to see real God-honoring relationships 
Let's make sure our, our living rooms and our kitchens and our cars are full of humility and full of honor. Let's pray together this morning. Before I pray, just thinking about it this morning, some of you today may feel that there's a wall between you and the Lord. It's not really a relationship. Maybe you don't get it all yet. Maybe you don't understand it all yet, but you know, man, something's going on. God's working and this conversations and you found, maybe you found yourself at church today for the first time in a long time and God's speaking to your heart and he's saying, right now there's a wall, but guess what? I sent my son Jesus so that there can be a window. If you're here this morning and you don't have that first relationship, Bible says that's number one. Most important thing in your life is to have that relationship with Christ. Let me just tell you this. We try to make this as easy as possible for you to be able to take this step. Here in just a moment, we'll have some of our prayer team up front. I'll be here, Pastor Stephen, Pastor Brad, any of our, our team. And we would love to take God's word and to show you how you can tear down that wall, show you how Jesus tore down that wall. If you don't have a relationship with Christ and you're ready to start that today, come just chat with one of us. Many of you here today, you've, you've got that relationship taken care of and, 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 and you know, maybe you're not where you wanna be and, and maybe not where you were, but, but you know that you and Jesus are good. But the reality is there's some earthly relationships that when you look around, you see a lot of walls. And as God's speaking to your heart today, to bring honor into the conversation. I just wanna pray over you right now that God would give you courage, God would give you boldness to take whatever steps necessary to be humble. Man, let's fill, let's fill our living rooms and our kitchens and our cars and our bedrooms with honor. Let's fill our hearts with honor. Let's fill our eyes with honor, the things that honor the Lord and watch him transform our relationships. Father, we love you and I'm so grateful for your word. Thank you for convicting my heart over the places where I struggle with this. It's so easy for us to see the negative. It's so easy for us to see the weak places. God, help us to fix our eyes on your grace and your goodness and your love so that we see that in others. Lord, may we be a church that honors. May we be a people that honors. We love you and thank you. It's in Jesus' name. Thanks again for tuning in with us today. We would love to connect with you, and the best way to do that is through social media or go straight to our website. God bless you, and have a wonderful day.